Section 1 of Dwarf Fruit Trees. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ian Bradford, Nungunungataha, Pew. Dwarf Fruit Trees by Frank Albert Waugh. 1. General Considerations A dwarf fruit tree is simply one which does not reach full size. It is not so large as it might be expected to be. It is smaller than a normal tree of the same variety and age. There are indeed some trees which are normally dwarf, so to speak. They never reach a considerable size. They are smaller than other better known and related species. For example, the species Prunius pumilia bessii is sometimes called the dwarf sand cherry, simply because it is always notably smaller than related species. The paradise apple is spoken of as a dwarf because it never attains the stature which other apples attain. But in the technical sense, as the term is used by nurserymen and pomologists, a dwarf tree is one which is made by some artificial means to grow smaller than normal trees of the same variety. These artificial means used for making dwarf trees are chiefly three. 1. Propagation on dwarfing stocks. 2. Repressive pruning. and three training to some prescribed form. Dwarfing Stocks The most common and important means of securing dwarf trees is that of propagating them on dwarfing stocks. These are simply such roots as make a slower and weaker growth than the tree from which the scions are taken. This will be understood better from a concrete example. The quince tree normally grows slower than the pear, and usually reaches about half the size at maturity. Now pear scions will unite readily with quince roots and will grow in good health for many years. But when a pear tree is thus dependent for daily food on a quince root, it fares like Oliver Twist. It never gets enough. It is always starved. It makes considerably less annual growth and never, or at least seldom, reaches the size which it might have reached if it had been grown on a pear root. This is somewhat roughly stated the whole theory of dwarfing fruit trees by grafting them on slow-growing stalks. The treetop is always undernourished and thus restrained in its ambitious growth of branches, as seen in Figure 1. Figure 1. Photograph. Dwarf apple trees in western New York. While the tree is made thus smaller by being grafted on a restraining root, it is not affected in its other characteristics. At least, theoretically, it is not. It still bears the same kind of fruit and foliage. Bartlett pear trees bundled on quince roots yield fruit true to name. The pears are still Bartlett's and cannot be told from those grown on an ordinary tree. Sometimes the fruit from dwarf trees seems to be better colored and better flavored than that from standard trees. But such differences are very delicate and usually receive slight thought. Dwarf fruit trees have not been very largely grown in America, but have been much more widely used in Europe. This statement holds good for either commercial plantations or for private fruit gardens. They are coming into more common use in this country because, in both market orchards and amateur gardens, our pomology is coming to be somewhat more like that of Europe. Our conditions are approaching those of the Old World, even though they will always be very different from those of Europe in horticultural matters. Dwarf fruit trees are particularly valuable in small gardens and small gardens are becoming constantly more popular among our urban and especially our suburban population. This matter is discussed more fully in another chapter. Fruit of finer quality can be grown on dwarf trees, as a general rule, 
than can usually be grown on standard trees. Every year there are more people in America who are willing to take any necessary pains to secure fruit of extra quality. This remark applies particularly to amateur fruit growers and to owners of private estates who grow fruit for their own tables. But it is no less true of certain classes of fruit buyers, especially in the richer cities. Although $3 a barrel is still a high price for ordinary good apples, sales of fancy apples at $3 a dozen fruits are by no means infrequent in city markets every winter. Figure 2. Trained Cordon Apple Trees from Loebner's Zwergostbäumen, photograph of apple trees trained to a curved metal fence, creating a covered arched arborway. In this respect, we also approach European conditions. In the markets of the continental capitals, in particular, fancy fruits are frequently sold at prices which seem almost incredible to an American. Single apples sometimes bring 50 cents to a dollar, and peaches an equal price. Just recently, a story has been going the rounds of the newspapers that the caterer for the czar's table sometimes pays as high as $15 a piece for peaches for the royal table. Hereupon a solemn American editor remarked that if the whole royal family should live upon nothing but peaches, it would still be cheaper than carrying on the Japanese war. Now, if there is anywhere within the reach a market for apples or peaches at $3 a dozen specimens, and there unquestionably is, then it will pay to grow fancy fruits with special care to meet this demand. This kind of fruit can be grown better upon dwarf trees than upon standards in many cases, if not in most. At least, such is the conviction of the present writer. Moreover, this has been the experience in the old country. With such facts in view, there seems to be a possible future for the dwarf fruit trees, even for commercial purposes. Their present utility in amateur gardens and on wealthy private estates cannot be questioned. These various amateur and commercial adaptations of dwarf trees will have to be more carefully analyzed and discussed in a future chapter, and the subject may therefore be dropped for the present. Figure 3. Bismarck apple, first year planted. 22 inches high, bearing four fruits. Photograph of young child standing next to said tree. End of one. Recording by Ian Bradford, Nunga Nunga Taha, Pew.